gamers. Welcome to the Mostly Normal Gamers podcast, episode 129. We're recording Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. I'm currently number one in my family pool of brackets. Somehow that's going to change. Happy March Madness. Uh, anyways, today I'm joined by James Halliday, a.k.a. the Lord of BLP Entertainment. James, what's up? I am doing exceptionally well. Today is Moon Knight Day, and I cannot wait to finally watch the first episode. I love Oscar Isaac, and Moon Knight's always appealed to me, although I would be lying to you if I was like, oh, I've like read a bunch of Moon Knight. But I read some of the Moon Knight stuff, and I always thought the Bill, I can never pronounce his last name, Bill Stilowitz, Skinkowitz, whomever, um, does these amazing covers, and I believe he did a bunch of covers for the Moon Knight series. Bill Skillowitz, comic artist. Sinkowitz. Sinkowitz, yeah. Yeah, Bill Sinkowitz is, is I actually, so the local comic shop at where I, I live, I've met the first ever, like, co, like, f- like favorite Moon Knight fan um, he's he's a bigger Moon Knight fan than I am, and like it was just the coolest moment of running into somebody who also likes Moon Knight as much as I do. And I, I'm I'm not gonna who am I kidding? He likes him way more than I do. He's also <laughs> got quite a few years on me, so he has like a lot more original comics than I do of Moon Knight. But oh, he's cool. got Bill Sinkowitz is like he's got personal uh, drawn artwork by Bill, and Whoa. and he's got that like he always displays it on his walls and stuff like that. He's it's really cool to see the stuff that he gets custom made. That is moon Knight for him because he's just got all these connections to the, um, essentially the comic art world. Um, there is a, um, just trying to think of, um, they do a yearly, like little mini comic con, at their conv- and they have like all these like famous artists that'll occasionally show up and mm. um and do art pieces for him uh for their comic convention and uh one of which is John Gallagher who does the art for like CW's The Flash and Whoa. like he does super hyper realistic like kind of artwork and it looks so cool um so they are writing their own comic series or like, I guess their own comic book for the comic shop. Oh, and man. and John Gallagher did the cover for it. And it's just so cool to see like this like stupid character called Captain Curious. And uh, and he's got his little polar bear. I've actually been asked to do three pages of that comic. So I'm really excited oh, that cool. I get I get to put it but like with my art <laughs> next to like john gallagher's and and uh a few other local comic artists it's just like i feel like i am just i don't know <laughs> i look at my stuff and i look at their stuff and i'm just like who am i kidding here <laughs> but, sure, but talk about a cool opportunity you know yeah no um, absolutely that sounds just like a phase clan x batman the new DC series where oh. I think Mr. Freeze can be heard saying, um, did Batman really think a gamer could stop me? <laughs> uh, I would highly encourage people to find this image. 
uh, to quote somebody who I just saw on Twitter, highly memeable. Highly <laughs> memeable. Um, now that we've <laughs> had some excellent, I'm so excited about Moon Knight also, but do not know when I'll get to watch it. I'm watching Seeing or Turning Red tomorrow night. Excellent what, movie. With, with what would normally be my Marvel TV show group. Um, Fair enough. However, The Lowdown. If you will be a part of the conversation or you have a pressing question that you want us to weigh in on, you can reach us on Twitter at MN Gamers Podcast. If you do not tweet, send us the deets in an email. Podcast at MostlyNormalGamers.com. Podcast at, or MostlyNormalGamers.com is our website. Go and check it out. It is due for an overhaul and an update. Um, go check out the old issues of Mostly Normal Monthly, our newsletter at mngamers.substack.com. 507-291-2991 is our Google voice number where you can call in. And with that out of the way, hit me up with some Tunic. I want to hear what you've been playing, James. I've been playing Tunic. I, I beat Tunic. I rolled credits on Tunic, not last night, the night before. And holy fuck, that game is good. I... I don't think I've had an indie game hit me like that since. Oh, man. Like, I don't even like it's Hollow Knight. Good. What? Yes, it's okay. Like, you have uh, my attention. Admitting, admittedly, Hollow Knight is made by a much smaller team, so it's much more impressive. But Tunic is still like it's such an homage to that retro style of playing a video game when you're a kid and all you've got is like the manual and you're trying to read but like all the words are too big for you and you're just having a good time regardless and well so i do want to interrupt yeah yeah no interrupt away um per wikipedia tunic is an action adventure game developed by canadian indie developer andrew shouldice but it's published by finji yeah. He did pull in people to help with support per an interview I heard on Waypoint Radio a week or two ago, but um, very small development team. Um, a lot of it comes from this one developer's thoughts. Anyways, okay, sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, no, correct no. the record because we don't have people who write and correct us like some other shows. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I, uh, yeah, I know it's a small team. I just, isn't like, I'm, I'm pretty sure like Hollow Knight was like two or three people. It's, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I, Tunic is a small team. Um, you're already, I can tell you're already looking up Hollow Knight's <laughs> well, So like Team Cherry, like yeah. we all, we, yeah, they have, they have, they're a team. Yeah, but so, how many is in that team? Uh, like at least two. I think it's okay. like, a, I think, but I don't know the development history. I do know that Andrew Shouldice brought on like a few people to flesh out things that weren't in his wheelhouse. Okay, cool. No, I, 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 have I imagine <laughs> I have to imagine Team Cherry did something similar, but maybe I'm wrong. No, um, no, you're 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 probably right. I am coming at this from like a quickly hearsay, like a hearsay point of view, right? So, um, I'm just so, so excited about Tunic that. <laughs> so so I've played the demo. I've played. I did not beat the demo. That, okay. that demo was hard. I found a cave, and that cave was not friendly to me. Um, and this was a while ago. So so give people just the surface-level pitch of Tunic's small indie game. You're a beautiful little fox in a beautiful little world. And you, much like Link from Legend of Zelda, have a little tunic. And you find a sword 
and eventually a shield. Uh, but as the game progresses, you start to realize that like, like it seems like you're trying to uh, stop a cycle of, of uh, life and death, like of like this endless cycle. <laughs> you keep dying and coming back to life. Hey, that sounds like dark souls. It's very mm-hmm. similar to dark souls. And it's, I don't think it's, uh, it's, I think it's unabashedly like dark souls. Uh, you don't lose all of your like money or souls upon death. You only lose about 20, but uh, it is such a charming game. It is very hard. I found out way too late that by collecting the things that give you upgrades to your health, attack and damage and all that sort of stuff, that doesn't actually work until you actually use them. So you actually have to go somewhere and trigger them being active. So I'm running around thinking I've got three attack, three damage, four health, whatever, right? Like, I, I got this. Bosses, enemies are crushing me. And I'm like, why, why is this game so hard? And uh, it literally, um, I, 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 it happened when I opened my menu near a save point and my girlfriend was like, hey, what is that over there next to those items? And I was like, what are you talking about? And it's the option to essentially craft them or use them and i'm like oh my god (laughs) but it's it's hit way the game like has so many like weird layers it's like like you're playing it and you think you've kind of got the gist of it and then suddenly you get so essentially you're finding these pages of an old like nes uh game book or in like instruction manual that you get with like your old nes games and Each page has a bit of information on it. A lot of it you don't understand because it's in a different language, this ancient Fox language that you don't, you you can't comprehend. A few words are always in English. So it's like, okay. And then like the pictures, you're kind of deciphering the pictures, but you get this page, like maybe later on in the game and suddenly you realize, oh my God, it gives you information on that page that changes everything about the game and how you've been playing it. And so suddenly you're going back with this new knowledge and doing things like that is just like, Oh my God, this changes everything. And then you find another page and it does it all over again. And it keeps going until you get like the full book. I got the last page of the book and it essentially has this huge congratulations to the players and stuff like that for doing what I, I did. And then it has another puzzle for you. And that puzzle's even harder. Like, I can't explain how in-depth these, like, crazy... One of the puzzles is you have to solve... Like, you have to decipher the language. You literally like have to... Fez. Did you yeah. play Fez? I did play a bit of Fez. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar. You have to decipher this whole language. It's got, like, this... Basically, and then you decipher it and you find the answer to the riddle they give you is another riddle. What is this? <laughs> the Batman? It's it's crazy. It's just, I can't, like, I, I never had so much fun playing a game in, like, in that capacity as much as I did, like, as a kid. Playing Legend of Zelda and making notes or, or getting passwords at certain points and writing it down. I had a going sheet. Like, actually, I got it right here. <laughs> I've got it right here. It's essentially a sheet of, like, codes and different, like, puzzle shapes and numbers and just stuff that helps me 
solve things in the game and I, I basically I keep a notebook next to you and it's not like a down that's not a bad thing it's such it's such a integral part of like the experience right I yeah. I remember playing old Mega Man games and like you beat a boss you get that password and you immediately do like that four by four five by five grid with the little red and blue dots and you start like marking out where and like so you can get back right this right. is very similar like it, except for like it's not a save point it's it's like to unlock things and it's such i can't i can't gush enough without spoiling anything but it's so charming and if you're not if you're down with like that old school like kind of it's gonna be hard it's gonna kick your ass but it is doable kind of adventure. I highly recommend Tunic. And it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. That's how I played it. Yeah. I didn't spend a I, dime. And I got to play one of the best games I've played this year. I remember having a note sheet similar to that for Fez. Yeah. Um, for my girlfriend and I playing through, um, which we never finished, The Witness, which you basically oh. need like a whole notebook <laughs> and then i i started out with the intention of having a notebook for elden ring um and do add stuff like here and there but i don't use it as a reference point no. there's there's nothing in elden ring so far and like granted like i've lost track of most of the side quests there's nothing <laughs> that i'm using a notebook to solve a puzzle for which is such a specific different thing than i'm going to track this npc with this notebook yeah to me i'm glad you're enjoying it i it ever since the trailer for it debuted i was like that's a cute fox that looks like link i want yeah. to play that um and it's been on my back burner um i found the demo really challenging and like i'm kind of down with hard games but i i don't know what it was about the tunic demo that just like was not clicking right for me i heard a lot of mediocre reviews about the demo I heard like, and so that kind of turned me off about playing Tunic. I would strongly recommend giving it like the 100% experience because I think the demo would have missed so much that makes that game important. And let me tell you, like you don't start sinking your teeth into the oh my God moments until like a couple hours in. And I know that's like, oh, I hate it when games do that, right? But I think it's like they're easing you into each kind of mechanic as you play through. So it's starting off like a pretty standard uh, advent, top-down adventure kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then as you progress, like, okay, now the enemies are getting harder. You're supposed to be understanding, like, okay, I can be doing this and that. I've got all these new items now. I've got these little bombs that can blow up enemies from a distance. So I got some ice bombs. And then, oh, I can level up. Now my attacks do more. My health is more. These enemies are less of a threat. Um, I remember being stuck in an area called the West Garden. And there's these uh, crocodile, two-legged <laughs> crocodiles called like ch champignons or something like that. It, it's like a French-ass <laughs> crocodile like name. Champ champion, chomping champion. Yeah. Um, champignon. Yeah. Anyway, they're, uh, they're nasty. They would kill me in like two hits and they would take at least eight hits to kill and they're fast. And I remember just like, there's like so many of them in this area and they would just chase me down and just annihilate me. And I could not figure out 
how I had to cheese them so hard to get through the area. I got to the boss, unlocked the like the quick way back to the save point, and the boss would just annihilate me. And that's when I realized I didn't have all the power ups I thought I did. I went back, I used all my power ups, so I now actually have three attack, three health, three defense. Those crocodiles were pathetic in contrast. <laughs> it was such a like, are you kidding me? Well, and like that's so much of the pleasure of those games where you get to level up and then go back and fight the same enemies that have been stomping yeah. you and stomping back. Like that's video games for me in a yeah. lot of ways is, is being able to either with knowledge or with the game giving you better shit. Yeah. Turn the tables on people like that. I, yeah, but I strongly recommend people giving it a shot, especially if you're into if you grew up playing NES and Super Nintendo games. I strongly recommend giving Tunic uh, a, a play. It is a love letter to that era of gaming. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I It is hot on the heels of Elden Ring and Pokemon. <laughs> um, I, I've not been on the show for a while, and that is that I've been just lost in the lands between playing Elden Ring. Nice. I'm level like 95 now. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I found this. I I think I have three pieces of the Elden Ring. I don't even know if that's Ooh. remotely meaningful to people. I'm hearing stuff like the game does like is not what it seems in terms of length even. And I thought that I'd gotten to the point where they're like, oh, go to the final boss if you want. Uh, but it's sounding like there's a whole lot more in store. Um, I really like it. <laughs> I I do I, I do too. I just have not I've not had the chance to play enough of it, and I don't want to give it a half-assed um, kind of attempt because I love the Souls games. I absolutely right. love them. And Elden Ring, what I've played, I absolutely am in. Like this is good. This is what I want. And I just have so much on the go that I can't keep giving it like, like 15%, right? Like I need to finish up everything that I've got going and then dive into it a hundred percent. Cause that's what clean, it deserves. Clean your plate. Cause it's a f- like three full meals. So I'm yeah. saying in terms of how much is there. Um, I'm, I'm at an interesting point and I think with, it's not spoilery. This is yeah. more like the type of games. This is the first FromSoft game that I haven't played years after the fact, or at least a couple years after the fact. There's been guides and wikis and all that stuff from the jump, and I've tried to play mostly without looking into that stuff. Um, other than learning that the Moonvale is good, I didn't really figure out exactly where to find it, and I just kind of found it. And then I was like, oh, the Moonvale. That's, I'm a Dex guy, and that's the good one. I have found the person who lets you respec your character. Ooh. I'm level 95, and this part of my brain that's diseased wants to go and optimize my character build. But I don't know how to do that without, like, really doing a wiki deep dive. And so I'm wondering maybe if you, as, as a person with more FromSoft experience than me, can speak to 
is I, I know that it's not necessary. Like I'm pretty successful so far. You've got my like 38 health stat. My vitality is at 38. My intelligence is like 35. My sword scales with intelligence and dexterity. Nice. We're hitting stuff hard. Jesus. Real hard. They nerfed <laughs> the sword because people hated it in PvP. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So like, but knowing that like, first of all, what about all these other cool weapons? Some strength or some faith, you know? Like, that's cool. I want to see what, what does this do? But also, like, could, you know, the game's still hard. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> could I squeeze out, like, a little bit more of an advantage if I respect a little bit and maybe optimize my character a bit more? And so I want to ask, A, is there a point at which you, if you were given the opportunity to respect, would do that? I'm not a big role player, so there's not like a, oh, my character's discovered this new thing about herself and she needs to change everything she's doing. And that's why I'm respecting, right? It's like, it, it, it's very artificial. It's very min-maxy in my yeah. brain. And, and I'm curious how you would approach something. Uh, I mean, I, I've respect before in a Souls games when it's, but not always. Like typically what happens is I'm, I might've made a few, like oh, I'm going to put a whole bunch of points into this so I can use this weapon and then realize this weapon really isn't what I wanted. And uh, later down the line, get an opportunity to respec. I'll just remove those points and allocate them to something that's more uh, pertinent to what I've built already. I wouldn't typically rebuild for a new character, if that makes sense. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a faith strength build, but now I want to go intelligence dex, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't change drastically because I, I don't know. I've invested in the equipment. I've invested in uh, a certain amount of my resources into uh, essentially the play style that I've built. If I was to redo a character in a completely different style, I just restart the game and try a new character. And you know what? That's that has been a thing that I've done in the past where I've gotten close to the end of the game, not liking my character build at all. And just restart from scratch with a new build and found out, oh, hey, this plays way better. I'm and I already have that knowledge of like how to get to where I was before and how to fight each boss. And so I progress a lot faster my second time. And typically um, in in these Souls games, usually I can beat it on my first go. But I mean, for Dark Souls, I beat it. I had to beat it on my second go. It wasn't my first go that. I beat it. Yeah. So. I just, with how long Elden Ring, I've, I've already put like 70 hours in this game, at least. And with how long it's shaping up to be, some people are throwing a 120 number out there. Yeah. 120 is what I heard from Taylor, the savior at, uh, uh, with the, because I was on his podcast last week. Um, yeah. The solo gamer podcast. And he was saying that he's sitting at, um, roughly 120 and he thinks there's still a good meaty chunk left and like just the idea of going back and saying i'm gonna just replay this game (laughs) for for 70 hours just elden ring feels feels uh, like and it seems like it's pretty generous with the respec item right because it's item limited i think i have four of it right now um and so like to me it says like 
this is a respect game and maybe not a restart. <laughs> um, especially like how big the map is. Yeah. And like refilling in all of those sites of grace and all of those icons on the map feels like that's still time consuming work in a way that in a mm-hmm. traditional souls game you you it's linear you're squaring up against this boss you know oh i can go get such and such estus boosting thing you know some they're not sacred tears and yeah. golden seeds and the dark Souls series but you know go find these things that make my healing flasks way better um from the jump and like there's efficiencies to be gained there whereas like with this it's like you still gotta ride torrent all the way to that location over there and find that cave and go through that cave and fight that mini boss to get that specific sword or talisman or whatever you're using 100 percent. yeah no it's i i see what you're saying and this is where my love for like bloodborne and dark souls one just out i still sort of outshine elden ring i love mm-hmm. elden ring from what i've played so far but i am a huge proponent of saying guess what games don't need to be 80 hours plus to be a good game i i want my games a smaller contained kind of adventure more than i want them to be long and (laughs) i don't know 120 hours is excessive and i i will enjoy 100 percent of that 120 hours but it is still a lot to ask of a player right as an investment right so that's i think i think there's that might be in in itself a fault of the game i know people can beat this game in 30 minutes 25 minutes is apparently like the world speedrunners like using like a teleportation glitch but it's still <laughs> yeah the average player is not going to be doing that and it's it's a hard game and it's a long game so it's it's going to be slog so yeah maybe your choice maybe your options because of how big it is and easy to actually collect the resources to level up and um uh, upgrade your equipment and stuff like that maybe your option is to respec a character almost entirely and essentially be a different character because guess what the game's so big and there's so many resources you can actually do that and it's more practical i haven't gotten to that point in my Elden right. Ring playthrough, so it's hard for me to say. Uh, but <laughs> and and I think yeah. perhaps FromSoft knows their games colossal and and has given more upgrade materials and more opportunities to respec with that in mind, with mm-hmm. the sunk cost fallacy. Try and avoid this cost fallacy mm-hmm. uh, to use an economics term because my degree has to be used for something. Um, the other thing is I went to the arcade bar again for the first time in a long time over the weekend Um, and are you familiar with the game Tapper? I am not so Tapper's an arcade game the 16 or not even 16 bit 8 bit arcade game like old school old school game and the control setup is literally a tap handle from a bar and you're a bartender and you're filling up drinks and slinging them down a bar to people. Okay. Tappers were my favorite arcade games that I've come to appreciate 
probably in the last five years because I've never really been exposed to it. I just love it so much because like the novelty of the control setup and the simplicity of the game is just like perfect. And you're literally like pouring a beer, throwing it down, pouring a beer and you move your dude around and it's, it gets very challenging, <laughs> but it just makes me very happy. So that's the other thing I've been playing it, it barely, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes, uh, after a couple of drinks at, at IO Arcade Bar in Madison, which is a spectacular arcade bar, if not a little bit hectic, um, and uh, just so fun. If if you ever have the chance to find find it and play it, I, I would recommend it. If it, it it has like a big Budweiser sign on it and stuff. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the pictures of it, and yes, yeah. I, <laughs> it's it's very much. Yeah, it looks like it almost looks like it could be one of those LCD games those uh right right like the three frames and the character yes. the game and watch style lcd i but yeah i know it's it looks i can see how it could get crazy well so i i always make it to like the second stage of the sporting event which i think is like the second setup and then yeah things get out of hand so people will leave tips for you at the end of the bar but they're also throwing their empties back and if they're empty hits the ground you lose a life like you lose oh no and so you're serving people and if they get to the end of the bar right picture like you're on the left or the right of the screen there's yeah. three or four bars that are the length of the screen with yeah. people coming to them you're pouring beers and throwing them down trying to keep the customers satisfied yeah if the customer finishes their beer and they're happy they'll leave sometimes the customer wants another beer and then you have to get back to them and serve them another but then they'll send their empties back. So you got to catch some of these empty glasses before they hit the ground. And then you're like moving your character back with them to manage all of this. It's very frantic and very fun. Um, and they, you go from the bar to like the, whatever the stadium bar is or the stadium mm. like snack shack is and the stadium snack shack is so hectic. Um, it's really fun. Delightful game. Um, but yeah, I um, Elden Ring is so good that it is potentially going to ruin my life. Um, and with <laughs> that, I do want to jump into just a quick movement before we uh, we're going to have a short episode today. So um, I do want to run down some of the news. I don't know about you, James, but to me. The number one headline this week has to be the Breath of the Wild 2 delay. Even though, I don't, I mean, I feel like we were given 2022 last year, and now they're saying all the way to spring 2023. So um, we're reading from Joe Red IGN, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 delayed to 2023. Uh, Nintendo did a short video, a minute and a half video, announcing the delay, apologizing, showing a little bit of new footage of a spoiler alert if you're avoiding the trailers and stuff for Breath of the Wild 2. Very badly damaged Master Sword. That looks very cool. Um, I, I hope you like weapon degradation, everybody. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, it's like, oh, guess what? They broke the Unbreakable. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, I, you know, um, I, I sent this into the the group slack that we use to plan the show um and f 
frankly, I'm relieved because when was I going to have time for another game of the scale of Breath of the Wild to enter my life this year? Um, but I do just want this game to be out because it's going to be the sequel to my favorite game over me. So um, where are you at with this, James? I'm very curious. I can wait. I, I yeah. loved Breath of the Wild. Absolutely adored it. And uh, but I think I can I can wait. There's just too much coming out this year that I feel overwhelmed already. And uh, if it was to come out like sometime like and, and even at the end of summer, I think I, I just I'd be it would be so I'd be so stressed to play it. I'd much rather a calm <laughs> a calmer year. Um, but yeah, no, any delay. Any game company that wants to delay their game, do it, please. Guess what? A delay means, one, more time gets put into the game that it deserves. Two, the workers have more time and don't have to crunch as much. So delay your games. I'm, I'm 100% on board with this. I, yeah, I, you know, um, I learned at a very young age, any Zelda release date should just not, until you have the game in your hands, it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, I believe it was, I think, the Wind Waker delay or the, the, the just so uh, at, there's so many Zelda games that have been delayed that I can't keep them straight. Um, mm -hmm. And it's always worth it's always worth it at the end, in my opinion. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. The um, so I just wanted to talk about the, the picture they sent or they, they or the video they said added it. They had the broken master sword right mm. but they also have link holding it with a weird corrupted arm and i know we've seen bits of this corruption in the previous trailers but oh my god if i it, it reminds me kind of do you ever watch uh princess mononoke mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of that and i sincerely hope that link has ganon inside him I hope that, that nuts, instead of instead of a random dude or <laughs> Sheikah male uh, being Ganondorf, I want Link to essentially be uh, harboring Ganon's entity inside him and has like has to fight it off from I don't know, but I don't know how he would do it. But I just think that would be such a cool concept and making it even more princess mononoke ask because breath of the wild there is literally a getup where you can look just like um the main character of princess mononoke wearing mm -hmm. his uh his the blue garb with the red hood with a bow on top of a deer <laughs> i have <laughs> somewhere deep in the backlog of my twitter account there is a screenshot of me doing um uh a uh, yeah <laughs> Princess Mononoke uh, scenes. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's. It, I I I do want to see this weird corruption be more than just, um, I don't know, some new thing. I want it to be play with the existing content that you have in Legend of Zelda, but throw it on its on its head. Like really, just mix it around and having Link essentially be ganon as well as try to be the hero i think would be such a cool dynamic yeah it, oh, 
his arm just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mm, I just love it deeply. Um, the neck, you know, bless it if it comes out next year in spring. I can't wait. If it mm-hmm. comes out next year in fall, even better. Maybe I get it for a birthday present. Do you want to start? Um, do you want to start a real bad rumor mill right right now here and now? It's already okay, getting next, delayed ne- again. No, no. Next next spring, it'll release upon the um, the anniversary, the sixth anniversary of Breath Breath of the Wild with the Switch Pro. Mm. Or what if they pull a classic Nintendo, just like with most Zelda games, and it comes out both on yeah. <laughs> the switch and whatever the next game system is from nintendo yeah i jest it's i i'll just be happy with the game i'm not jesting about the what if it's on both <laughs> this is what happened with yeah several zelda games oh yeah uh um, twilight princess breath of the breath wild of the wild <laughs> let's Seven, do it again <laughs> a, a couple not yeah. several um, to use very accurate language. Um, the other big headline of the week is that the PlayStation Plus PlayStation Now Fusion rebrand was announced on the PlayStation blog. Uh, Jim Ryan's writing about it. Headline is PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now come together semicolon. Players can choose from three flexible options. We have a three-tiered plan. PlayStation Plus Essential. $10 monthly in the US, 25 quarterly, 59.99 yearly. Uh you're looking at the same benefits PS Plus members are getting today such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for save games, online multiplayer access and there are no changes for existing PlayStation Plus members at this tier. Then you have PlayStation Plus Extra. Weird word choice, I think, but Moving on, uh, benefits provides all the benefits from Essential, adds a catalog of up to 400 asterisk of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from PlayStation Studios catalog, third-party partners, and games in the extra tier are downloadable to play. That's 15 USD a month or 100 yearly with a $40 quarterly price. And then there's PlayStation Plus Premium, uh, which says... All of the benefits from Essential and Extra Tiers, up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games via cloud streaming, a catalog of classic games available, both streaming and downloadable options from PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PSP. Cloud streaming access for PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, PSP, PS4 games. Uh, and are available where PlayStation, where in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available, um, and customers can stream games using PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, and PC to stream them too. Uh, time limited game trials will also be offered, so you can select before you or try select games before you buy. Eighteen dollars a month or one hundred twenty a year. I'm not a PlayStation. Plus or PlayStation Now subscriber. Uh, my PlayStation is my single player prestige game box that gets toted out very rarely. James, I want to hear what you think of the fusion of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. 
I have PlayStation Plus and now currently. So what this says to me is I'm sitting, I'm basically getting PlayStation Plus extra and I'm going to pay significantly less for it. That mm. sounds great to me because I pay about, so I know this is an American, it's $9.99 yearly for this extra bracket. Uh, I pay essentially, uh, because I'm Canadian, I play, pay, I think it's $89 a year for the uh, the f essentially what the first tier is, mm -hmm. which hasn't changed. So your $60 is my $80, right? So uh, essentially what it says is that it's going up, um, uh, what is it, 40 bucks? Yep. So I'll, I'll be paying an extra $60 a year for everything that I already get right now. And I yearly, because I pay monthly for playstation now there's no yearly option that mm. i'm aware of so and i'm paying 20 bucks a month for that oh wow okay so that's so instantly i'm may i'm one one payment a year of a pretty pretty sizable sum but i honestly am debating the the big one uh, i'm really? probably gonna sit where i am but i might my biggest disappointment is playstation 3 is only available via cloud streaming and not downloadable which i understand the hardware was a absolute nightmare and the i understand processor yeah they cannot emulate it apparently uh it's insane but whatever um i'm sure one day they'll figure it out or they're just going to leave it as cloud or, or one day cloud streaming is going to get so advanced that it's near in like unrecognizable from a downloadable game. So, uh, but unfortunately it doesn't have that. So I am interested in this big tier. Uh, I might take a look at it, but as it is, it essentially says, Hey, everything that you've already got, it just got cheaper and it's more compact and it's one, it's one stop shopping instead of having two services going. Yeah. My, as a non, non user of their subscription services right now, I'm I would want to isolate out the PS1, PS2, PS3 and PSP content and have that accessible outside of any of the other stuff. Yeah. I just want to be able to access their back catalog because there are such like so many classic JRPGs and things that like I kind of missed out on at that time. I would love a chance just to play Dark Cloud. I know I can probably download Dark Cloud right. Now. That's not mm -hmm. cool. like to be able to access those things and have it be only in that super high price tier does frustrate me. But I also recognize like I'm in the group that they're like, we got, we got Chris's ass. He wants dark cloud. He's going to pay out the nose for dark cloud, dark cloud two. Yeah. God. Um, and so that's whatever. Um, I would like to move on to the mostly normal question. Cause we have a question this week. Yes. And, we do. um, I want to kick it to you. Would you do you mind reading the question? You got the document? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this actually because I, I was help sharing our mostly normal question. It actually came from somebody who doesn't have Twitter and uh, doesn't know how to use the email. So he <laughs> just posted it in my discord channel. <laughs> Love but it. it was I, I, I passed it along to everybody so we can get it. So um, this comes from uh, on Twitch, he goes by Gimbal Muggernaut, and in the Discord, he goes by Sharky. 
Um, he, he writes, why do you think people view video games as a waste of time, uh, but seem to have no problem with other forms of entertainment mediums, such as watching TV, reading trashy novels, watching sports or whatever? Why do games specifically get such a bad rap compared to other leisure activities? Um, I think it's because they're, other than social media, they're the youngest in terms of like they've been around the shortest amount of time. Um, I, I think that has a big factor, right? I think as people who grew up playing them in the same way that the way, I mean, back in the day, television was viewed as rotting your brain. I think some people still talk about it that way. I know my parents, when I was growing up, were like, that TV is going to rot your brain. Those, you know, games are, you're spending too much time playing video games. Um, it was practically a meme in my high school friend group about my friend's mom yelling, no more video games. Um, and like, I think, I think all of them, can be viewed as a waste of time if you are spending an exorbitant amount of time doing them, right? Like, um, I think culturally, I recognize the question is asking, addressing it like in a cultural context as opposed to, is this actually a waste of time, right? right? Um, I can recognize that me playing Elden for eight hours in a day is a waste of time, right? But I'm enjoying it. And uh, to quote uh, Jeff Kanata, probably close, quoting someone else, uh, a moment enjoyed is not a moment wasted basically. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the stigma comes from them being a newer form of entertainment. Uh, the stigma comes from them, even though they've been around for 50 years, the stigma comes from them being associated with children or young adults or teenagers. Um, I don't know. Do you have an answer to this, James? Uh, I think you're, you're, you're right there with like, it's new. It's the new technology that people are afraid of. Um, and it's mostly from people who don't understand it. People who don't play games view it as a waste of time. As, what was it? The, the late Bill Mayer said, a profound waste of time. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, which what, is such what, an ignorant many, point of view how many skills could i have learned in the seven hours yeah but no it's here's the thing though like you play these games as an outlet it's an escape it's just like reading a book or watching a tv show uh the only difference between those is you're engaging them in a different degree right it's uh it's definitely has a different experience I don't get the same experience watching a TV show as I do playing a video game. And just as I don't get the same experience reading a book as watching a movie. So I think you're getting different things out of each of these sort of uh, forms of entertainment. And it's, it's really not fair to naysay or poo poo another entertainment that maybe you're not into. And that's fine. If we are all into the exact same things, we wouldn't have evolved beyond like, I don't know, not even what would it, it would be like fights, <laughs> having gladiatorial fights or and stuff like that. Right. Like we would just be like, oh, this works. We're good. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. Right. But it's because people want different things and are interested in different things. This is why we have different types of movies, different genres of books, uh, different kinds of games. We have sports video games. There are people who watch sports and then go and play those sports on video games. And that's totally cool. 
um, it, it's such a cool experience being able to be a part of um, the the thing that you love, right? And that's the thing. Like, why, why would you play a sports video game if you could watch it? Well, it's because you get to be a part of it in a different capacity. And some people would argue, well, why don't you go out and play the sports? Well, maybe you can't. Maybe you're a person who lost your leg in uh, a war. Maybe you're a person who is, uh, I don't know, like suffers from a degree of like a I'm trying to like a ver- vertigo thing. You can't skate or can't mm-hmm. play football because you can't risk being thrown around. Right. There's a lot of capa- like reasons why somebody wouldn't do it. And just because they can't do it or just because you're able bodied doesn't mean that's what you want to do. Right. So it, I don't know. It, entertainment comes in all different forms for all different kinds of people. Video games, just another form of it. And there's always going to be people who, think they're better than video games just like comic books comic books have had a significant rise in this last uh decade or two and for years they were just like you don't comic books aren't serious you can't make a movie about comic books because movie is fine art Uh, you can't make and just like movies you can't make movies about um like ballets and stuff like that because that's fine art like the the chain just keeps going down what we're gonna get is we're gonna get another thing another like form of entertainment honestly it's i feel like tiktok is is kind of pushing its way into that sort of form right and that's going to be the new thing right like i don't know people i think facebook is trying to start a campaign to people to hate tiktok or some garbage like that get over yourselves people let people enjoy what they like like I do think the stigma has severely decreased in my lifetime. Yeah. Oh, uh, same. I think so. And I just think that's how these things go. And I think um, the you know wisdom of of the arc of history, the wisdom of life experience shows that like there's always a a societal punching bag of some kind. And, and for a long time, especially when I was growing up, I, I think James and I are about the same age, video games and nerdy stuff like that was, was very looked down upon. Uh, I think I was bullied like pretty hard for being into video games or I associated being bullied pretty hard for being into video games. And so I think things have come a long way. You know, we got Twitch streamers out here in in all kinds of Hollywood movies and stuff and ninjas making billions and, Drake's joining different, yeah. different, <laughs> like clan, like gaming clans, like what is it, a thousand thieves? Anyways, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm even separated from esports. Maybe the new punching bag is esports because I don't pay attention to it. Um, yeah, but with that, let's kick it to the outro. That does it for the show this week, James. As always, thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure ch- chatting with you. Um, how can the people keep up with you? Find me on Twitter. Hang out. Uh, send me a send send me a message on Twitter, a tweet, if you will, at Butlord Primus. Uh, you can also hang out and watch video games while I play them, and that's on my Twitch.tv/blpentertainment. Uh, Blip. 
yeah, blip <laughs> streaming channel uh, where I play video games usually quite badly and people love to make fun of me. Um, you can find me at VG Occasion on Twitter. Um, send me a direct message. I, send me some funny shit. I need to be uplifted. I'm having an interesting week, so I would appreciate some love. Uh, I cannot wait for Friday when this comes out, but happy early Friday, everybody. Um, email the show at podcast at mostlynormalgamers.com. Follow the show on Twitter and interact with us there at MN Gamers Podcast. Check out old issues of Mostly Normal Monthly at mngamers.substack.com. And please find us on the podcast platform of your choosing where you listen to us and leave us a five-star review. It helps with the visibility of the show. Recommend us to a friend. Send it to your mom. And we'll say these two weirdos were talking about video games for like 40 minutes. And- and all they talked about was Tunic and Elden Ring. I don't even understand. Do you know what those are, Mom? And then, um, yeah, come back next week. Uh, with that, that's it for the show. Bye, everyone. Bye. I, I said the late Bill Mayer, and you didn't say anything. You're supposed to say he's not dead, and I go, well, he's dead to me. <laughs> I think he's dead to a lot of people. I <laughs> felt bad for, first of all, I don't keep up on Bill Mayer's life. Who know, needs to? I could have I missed a tweet, you know. <laughs> he could be trending on Twitter. We're recording a show. You know, who's to say Bill Mayer didn't <laughs> fucking die in the podcast? Wouldn't- but... <laughs> Also, I felt really bad for the corrections earlier in the show, and I wouldn't have wanted to keep that up. (laughs) Wouldn't it be funny, though, if he did die, and that's how I broke it (laughs) on stream? Like, just, oh, no, he really... (laughs) No, no, um, Bill, no, he's dead. Um, I was running a story about his impact on uh, leftism later, and uh, that's going to be, like, the, the third headline after the real news. That's harsh. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm gonna stop the recording now. <laughs>